Hey listener, this podcast is called Trigger Warning Romance for a reason. It is intended for an 18 plus audience due to the adult context and triggers that may be discussed in each episode. Please check the show notes for a full list of triggers and proceed with caution. You have been properly warned. It's time to count off the triggers. Hello and welcome to Trigger Winning Romance, everybody. I'm Nat. I'm Tori. Tori's back! (laughs) I am so happy to be back. Y'all just don't know. And welcome to Trigger Winning Romance. We are so excited to have Tori back. And we're back with one of your recommendations, Trigger Tribe. Camille sent us this book, The Pucking Wrong Number, by C.R. Jane and boy was it a read (laughs) you know it's kind of deceptive when you look at the front you have no idea what you're in for and i loved that because i thought i i had passed over this one um i had seen it recommended a couple of different groups and i i looked at it and i was like oh that's nothing that's going to be a rom-coming no no (laughs) rom-com no rom-com it kind of was a rom-com i mean it was definitely triggering and dark but but it was funny while it was it was so funny yeah and i can't wait for book two in this series for ari's book yes i'm very excited about that but let's get into this book let's tell them about it it's a hockey romance everybody and mom was not a big fan of sports romance. So I too was like, I don't know if I'm going to like this book. I am not a fan of sports books as a general rule. And so it was just another reason for me to say, uh, not for me. Yeah. But let me tell you, Camille, girl, you've got a, you've got a future in sales. <laughs> because you sold me this book hard. <laughs> and I will tell you that you were absolutely correct it was a fantastic read it was it was it hit all the like check marks that we like in a book in a dark romance because it had stalking it had trackers (laughs) my crack um it over the top possessive jealous yes obsessive jealous possessive um it had the the virgin heroine the billionaire with a giant dick <laughs> it had everything you needed oh, who needs anything more <laughs> it had non-con well it had dub con i don't think it had non-con i'm trying to pull up my list and it is not wanting to work probably because it's been dropped a few thousand times <laughs> um between me and the walker I forget that there's a bag that I can hang it on. I know I made notes for this. I am sure that I did notes for this. 
I'm sure but you did. Why don't you start telling them what it's about? And I will continue trying to find where my notes are. Well, like I said, it is a hockey romance. And it starts off with um, kind of the, the prologue of our heroine and her upbringing. Her mother was a prostitute and not like the glamorous kind. She um, she was a drug addict and our poor heroine like more or less watched her mom die in front of her eyes. And what she said to her right before she died was, don't let a man take your heart. Like promise me that you won't let a man take your heart because her poor mother had gone through so much and it was all because of men um so then it cuts to uh many many years later after our heroine has been in the foster system and she is just about to turn 18 and graduate high school and she's excited and she's living in this like house and she's like it's all right like you know out of it's it's really not that great but it's fine like she's more like their maid than anything um, but then the the foster father, yeah, the foster father starts being super creepy, and she has we don't really have to get into it, but actually, what we have he he tries to come on to her and then he does try to like break into her room later on to presumably rape her. It never happens. Um, what my note here was though, there was no justice here. like this man never got it coming like, like no he didn't because when i was reading it i highlighted it. i was like i can't wait till this guy gets murdered <laughs> later in the book and nothing happened we never like go back to there's that. nothing that goes back to her past no um so it kind of forces her to run away and and she's so upset because it is so close to graduation yes she has she was like I turned 18 and my graduation is the same week and I am fucking out of here. Yeah. She couldn't take it anymore. She took her meager savings from her job and she got out. When he tried to break into her room, mm -hmm. that she's like, okay, that was it. I was done. Yeah. So yeah, that's the only negative of this book in my humble opinion is we set this whole thing up and it kind of fizzled out like nothing happened here. You know, I was expecting her to tell, um, why can't I, uh, what the fuck is the guy's name? Oh you're, looking at, you're asking me? I read this uh, a week ago. I just um, finished it literally 10 minutes ago and I can't re remember his name. Um, the main character, I was Lincoln. Thank you. Lincoln. Jesus. Yes. I was waiting for her to tell Lincoln about this situation that happened to her and like for him to use his pi and like track the guy down and make him suffer and that never happened so that's the only reason i wouldn't give this book five stars <laughs> it's the only reason the other parts of the book definitely hit all the beats that i needed to yes but so yeah so she's like it's the classic rich hero poor heroine She's a hardworking college student. She's just trying to, she has two jobs and she's just making it work. And she gets this text from a number she doesn't, never heard, doesn't know anything about. Mm -hmm. And it is basically to the point of, 
maybe give me another chance and I'll blow your mind. Yeah. Now, could you, could you get a text like that and not respond to it? Um, I think it would depend on my mood, just like her. I think that if it was any, because if you remember, this was right after her doctor job and that doctor was being super creepy and coming on to her. And then she came home and her landlord was being super creepy and coming on to her. And I think at that point she had just had it with the the male race as a whole. So she, she did respond to it. I think I would be similar. It depend. It would think it would depend on my mood and kind of what I had gone through that day. Because I am a very passive person. I could. I've ignored many a text. So, <laughs> if somebody texts me and I get just a high from a number mm-hmm. I don't know, I let it go. But if it is anything substantial, I'll be like, okay, you you got the wrong number. Don't yeah. know who you're trying to find, but I don't care. You're you got the wrong number. But I have on occasion gotten texts like these and just made them miserable because I'm a horrible <laughs> person. I I guess I'm a better person than you. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I don't take offense. Yeah, it's fine. I've I'm like I said, I'm just like a very non-confrontational person and I just don't need that nonsense you know um but yeah he happens to text her and she's had this horrible day so she I mean yeah well you just answered my question like would would you would you be a snarky bitch at the person and yeah you would probably right because <laughs> she was <laughs> uh-huh she, Monroe was a girl after my own heart on as far as that's concerned. Yeah. So she said something like, oh, like you couldn't blow my mind if it, I, I, I don't remember the exact quote, but like, um, uh, hang on. Oh, we, we went over a little bit of, um, a plot point, not necessarily a plot point, but something I wanted to kind of throw out there. When she arrives in Dallas and then goes to the park and the the homeless man helps her. Yes. How sweet was that? And also, did that not remind you of Dylan Page's torment? A little bit. Right? Because our girl met this wonderful, old, presumably a little bit crazy (laughs) um, homeless man and... He helped her out. He like gave her a clean blanket that first night that she slept on the bench because she, she got mugged when she got to Dallas. Poor thing has had like the worst luck. But not only did he help her that night, he moved his spot from yeah. his 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 castle. Yes. What he called the park. So he started staying by Monroe's building. So when she came home late at night, there was somebody there to make sure she got home safely. Yeah. And he always declined, like, cause she's offered him like, Hey, just come crash on my couch. Like, you know, you can sleep in my house. Cause even when it was like starting to rain, he was like, no, I'm good. It's not like my castle. I like my castle. Yeah. He he was so so sweet. sweet. Sorry. It's just the one sweet note in this entire book. And I really wanted to point it out. Before we got to the crazy. <laughs> well, what really got Lincoln was when she took the picture of herself. 
Yes. She sent him a selfie flipping him off. Mm-hmm. And, and he was like, gorgeous. fuck, man, I got to have her. Yeah. And the imprint hit. It wasn't even like a face-to-face when the imprinting hit. It was, he saw a picture and bam. He says, the picture that came in then, it was life-changing. Like my DNA had been rewritten. Like my stars had rearranged themselves. I didn't believe in love at first sight. I didn't believe in love at all. But if I could have, I would have fallen in love with the angel in that picture. Like, he imprinted hard. And so did Ari, honestly. And I was like, wait, is this going to be like like a thruple situation? I was curious about that at the beginning, yes. Yeah. Because his friend Ari was like, ooh, how's our girl doing? And all this stuff. But I think he was he was actually my favorite character of this entire book. Because just he was so funny and he was just ribbing him constantly. <laughs> He's like some friends I know. Yeah. But I appreciated how Lincoln ruined the study session or date with Connor. How funny was that scene? Because Monroe was under the impression it's a group project. Mm -hmm. So the whole group will be there. Well, she gets there and Connor's there. And the other two girls conveniently just can't make it. Yeah. For uh, some inexplicable reason. Mm-hmm. So they ordered, so he's like, let's order dinner. And she's like, oh my God, he thinks this is a date. Yeah. He has conned me into a date. Oh my God. How do I, how, how do I get out of this? Yeah. But at that point she was like, whatever, I'm just going to stay for the free meal. Cause I'm hungry. Yeah. Well, I, I've done dates for less. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, she she's like, well, let's either go home and eat ramen or like stay here and talk to this guy. And he offered to pay for my meal. So I might as well. Maybe I can get some of this project done while I'm here. So. And about this point. Lincoln is thinking and oh, let me find it. Um, once I had allowed myself to fall over the cliff of insanity, it wasn't a big deal to get to the step of tracking her whereabouts, so I always knew where she was. When she texted me at the restaurant, I had used my special app to figure out exactly what restaurant she was at, and then it was a simple phone call to buy it out for the night, starting immediately. Mm-hmm. When I'd called the owner, he had almost choked to death at the number I'd offered him to close for the evening. But of course, he wouldn't understand. There wasn't a number too high when it came to my girl. Yeah. Well, this is what makes Lincoln like the lethal combination of dark romance book boyfriend, right? He's independently wealthy. He's also a celebrity, I don't know, athlete, I guess. And so the the combination of the two makes him invincible. Because where money can't get him in, celebrity can. So it's like she, the poor thing stood none, no chance against him. Because the chips were stacked against her from the very beginning. Yeah. And he was, like I said, once he imprinted it, was it like he hired that PI, then he showed up at her apartment. She didn't even know. Then she made, he made keys of her, um, the locks. 
the keys to get into her house. I know. It. I mean, he went insane. He didn't. He did not spare an expense. And then, after after they met at that, um, I guess the charity 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 thing where she was working as the waitress. Mm-hmm. Um, where she he conveniently <laughs> caught her. In, he didn't know she was going to be there. Actually, that was just that was just luck. That was yeah. actually technically the meet cute that she had. Because mm-hmm. he's met her before, but she hadn't met him yet. <laughs> uh, and they had like had a dry humping session in the hallway somewhere and she lost herself. And then again, because of what that thing that her mother told her, like to never fall for a guy and never like really give your heart to a guy. Um, she got scared because she was already like super attracted to him and like she could just feel herself falling not in love with him but like falling down the rabbit hole of like being obsessed and infatuated with him so she ran away and then when he he showed up at her apartment <laughs> with like face it was incredible um but my favorite was when he showed up at her college class yes Oh, my God, yes, because, you know, how great it is for the college that such an esteemed celebrity is coming to give a guest, uh, to be a guest lecturer. Yeah. In her class. Mm-hmm. And let, this is what I mean about money, right? Like, because if he had just been a billionaire, like just a random billionaire, that, would, that wouldn't work, right? Because nobody would really give two shits about him. Well, unless it was like a business class. Yes, exactly. That might have worked, but... Yeah. But because he was this, like, celebrity, then the teacher was like, yeah, absolutely. Come come talk about whatever. I don't really care. And then he offered to pay for the entire class's yearly tuition if she just went on a date with him. Yeah. (laughs) Because she, she was like, I can't be with you. I'm so sorry. Like, I can't be with you. Um... I'm sorry. I also have to talk about my favorite micro trope when he goes after like seeing her the first time and he goes and like jerks off in the shower and he he comes and he's like the scary part is I've never come so hard in my life and he, I haven't even touched her yet. That is one of my favorite micro tropes. Really? We haven't talked about this before. Dish. Well, it's just it's just so I guess primal, right? It maybe goes into that kind of thing because I've read it in many books where it's like, I just read it again. Um, but before this, if we remember, if you guys listen to the podcast, Unhinged Desires had this too, uh, where the hero, again, it was, this is, I guess, is maybe like a stalker, a stalker microtrope because he like, the, the hero would break into the apartment and like watch the lady sleep. Maybe, and then, um, steal something from her like and then go jerk off with it and by some means just like have the best orgasm in their entire life but without even touching her like just the thought of her made makes them lose themselves i don't know i just find it really hot cool i didn't know that about you yeah i guess there's still something you can learn about me 
at this point in our relationship. I am down. I know there's a way to do this. Make a copy. See, I told you you could do this. I've been doing a lot of talking to myself lately. You just have to excuse me. Mr. Klein is home, came home today. So he has been at Penzik um, hitting people with sticks. And he has been gone for the last six days. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? (laughs) That he's home or that he was gone? (laughs) I guess either one. Are you happy to have him back? Kinda. <laughs> okay. The house is much quieter when he's on. But it was a lot harder to get by, um, to get done by myself with um, me being still kind of on the invalid list. Mm-hmm. What was the book that you just mentioned? Unhinged Desires. And who's it by? Uh, that's a good question. Hang on. <laughs> Kylie Kent. I knew we just talked about this one, but I couldn't. Yeah, okay. I, we Rara and I did an episode on it. So... That's why I reckon that recognized yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. That that was a microtrope in there too. And I didn't talk about it then for some reason, but I guess just like doing back to back episodes like this, I was like Ooh, I really enjoy that. I should probably... Why do... Let's unpack why I enjoy that so much. <laughs> there was a little bit of somnophilia in this book, too, which I enjoy. We know that that's one of my favorite tropes as well. Yeah. When he breaks into her apartment to watch her sleep, and then again, once again, jerks off and comes really, really hard into his hand and then smears his cum all over her face. Yeah, so, yeah, there was some Nephilia in this book, too. I'm telling you, this book, like, hit everything. Camille knows us so well. She does. She, <laughs> I mean, she, she was like, it's your kind of book. You're going to love it. Yeah. And I did. Yeah, it was a, a fun read. But I know nothing about hockey. Me neither. Besides it's cold and it's on ice. Um, So I didn't, I didn't pay attention to that extraneous hockey stuff but if you like sports romances this is a really good one yeah i'm not gonna lie i skipped a lot of the hockey stuff too (laughs) just didn't care for it that much i was like okay and this is where they play sports like whatever um although it was fun when she showed up and once again ari my favorite character shows up and he gives her his jersey with his number on it well, she was expect. She didn't realize. She didn't think to look. She, as far as she was concerned, well, she, um, yeah, I think it was like the publicist or somebody who was like giving her the the jersey, and she was like, "Is it supposed to have Ari Lancaster's name on the back?" Well, it no. The first time they they said here, oh, and here's a jersey that you're supposed to put on, mm-hmm. and it wasn't until after the game that. When she turned around and Lincoln saw her, mm-hmm. that she realized that it, that it was mentioned that it was Ari's, yeah, Ari's number. Because he's like, "Why that? 
fuck are you wearing Ari's number? Ari's jersey and not mine. Yeah, and then when and the, she's when like, the... ah, ah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. They gave it to me. Um, um, but yeah, and um, it was just funny because then he she said something like the smoothest move ever. He like ripped the jersey clean off her. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and I was like, if I ever see you in another man's number, I will murder them. And she was like, I wasn't sure if he was kidding or not, but he looked really serious. <laughs> I liked the, when we find out that he copied her key, mm-hmm. he says, a few more steps in my plan and she'd be out of this dump permanently. At least I wouldn't have to worry about her tonight. I'd copied her key. And after she fell asleep, we'd be having a sleepover party. <laughs> Other people might call that scary stalker behavior. I called it true love. I mean, he was very devoted to her. So, yeah, it was. It it hit my my jittery spots. <laughs> um, and you know, this was this was an, another note of mine because they get in the elevator, and he takes them to the penthouse. Mm-hmm. Trigger Tribe listeners, give me some recs where they don't live in a penthouse. <laughs> They're just your average everyday Joe, blue collar. Give me something a little more attainable. <laughs> Why? I don't know. But I, I think it's because I've been on a on a billionaire kick, mm-hmm. um, and so I and I've been reading a lot of Omegaverse. Okay, and the packs in Omegaverse are always packs of power, mm. and I would just very much like to see where money didn't solve all their problems. They had to have, they had to have other characteristics to make up for it. Mm. I'm trying to find, I know I just, I read one a long time ago by Megan March. I'm just trying to find out which one that is. Because it was like a, he was like a mechanic. (laughs) And, um, I think it's Real Good Man by Megan March. Where she's a New York City party girl. And, and yeah, and he's a mechanic from Kentucky. Oh, <laughs> um, and I think it's a duet. So there's real good, real good man, and then it's followed by good, real good love. And it's part of a big series, but you can read it as standalones. You don't have to read the whole. This is like twenty books or something. It's crazy. This is the amount of books that are in that series. Um. Well, I guess the MC books that I've read recently, those haven't been, you know, full of money, but they are full of power. Mm -hmm. So it kind of equates to the same thing. Yeah. No, this guy is just from what I, I, guys, please don't hold me to this because I read this, these books like long, long time ago. Um, I think he's just like, I mean, he owns his own mechanic shop. So, you know what I mean? Like he's not. 
He's just like a regular guy. And I think her car broke down. God, I don't remember. Also, um, what's the, oh my God, what are the names of the, the, the cowboy people? Not the cowboy people. <laughs> no shit. Hang on. <laughs> you got to give me a little bit more to go on there, darling. <laughs> There's like a bunch of brothers living together on like a ranch. Um, oh, Goodreads. Goodreads. I think I got to find it on Goodreads. Um, and remember, we didn't really like the first book, but the second book was good. <laughs> sorry, I'll it is it. not coming to me. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, sorry, my Goodreads is loading. Um, um, the fuck is See, tangents ensued. I was doing kind of well without you, by the way, with the, with the tangents. Oh, so you're saying it's my fault. <laughs> it's your fault. You distract me. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Montana, they're in Montana. Fuck, fuck me. Why can't I remember these books? My books. I can only think of one book where there's a cowboy type thing and we haven't talked about it because it's a um the mountain man series Gemma <laughs> wire Gemma weir yeah weir, really wire. Say it. yeah the mountain man they're not i mean they're rich but like not billionaire rich they just like own a i don't know they're, they're, what are they they're like loggers or something i can't remember they 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 live in montana and they they cut down trees. They cut down trees and do stuff with them. Yeah. And they're super jealous. They're super jealous possessive. I said more of those books. Let me hang on because there's more brothers. And I don't think I finished it. I don't know if she she's written more. Let's see. Here, this is what happens when I talk to you. I go down a rabbit hole. Oh, yes, there's more. I haven't read it. Loving the Mountain Man. Which one is that? Gorgeous, sweet, and far too flirtatious. Flirtatious, Cody Barnett is absolutely adorable. The perfect guy for some lucky girl, just not me. I'm only in Rockhead Point to get to know my sister. I have a boyfriend. Ooh, this is going to be good. I have a boyfriend. Mm. Uh, a job and a life hours away from this tiny mountain town. The Only the more time I spend with the Barnetts, the more I see that their world is of the type of love I thought only existed in films and seeing it making seeing it is making me wonder if I'm happily ever after if my happily ever after is really um, as happy as I thought it is oh okay I'm not going to read this it's a very long thing but he she has a boyfriend so this is going to be good I am <laughs> feeling some um, Dee Dee Prince twisted there yes I can see, I can, I can probably, because yes, if anybody has read these Gemma Weir books, the guys are insanely jealous possessive. And they like, once they, oh, very like faded mates, like once they imprint, it's over. And um, they will do whatever it takes to, to get the girl. So like we said, the first book was just not written very well, but I feel like it was her debut. She was trying to figure out her writing style. 
the la- then the other books in the series are much much better. I thought that it that the first two were a little little rough for me. Yeah. Um, and they're rough around the edges, but by book three, everything has she has she has hit her stride. Yeah. Um, and everything that I've read of hers after that has been really well done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agreed. I agree. Well, now there's a new one. And I gotta go freaking read it. And okay, we're already on a tangent, so we might as well end. I also have to go do research on bear shifters now for people are asking me for recommendations on uh, on how and to do to diagrams of how bear shifter dicks work and i'm like i don't know i thought they worked like regular dicks but apparently not so now i gotta read a whole bunch there's did you read the sam hall bear shifter books i have not yet but they're on my list i am very much looking forward to them you better read them and explain to me how their bear dicks work (laughs) (laughs) okay i'll move those up on my list Thank you. Anyway, let's get back to pucking a wrong number because we have gone on a far too long of a tangent about something else. Well, Lincoln does a lot of good girling Mm. in this book. If that is something that you, if that is a trope that you are into, there is a lot of good girls. There's a lot of dirty talk in this book. A lot of dirty talk, too. Mm -hmm. It was good, too. I really like the dirty talk. But you were talking about how he, how he takes her to his penthouse and he didn't like it. <laughs> and that's what put us on this tangent. Um, but you see, the penthouse is necessary for these kinds of books because they can easily take away the key to the elevator and then the woman is stuck. That is true. You cannot do that in a regular house. No. Unless you like lock them in like the upper section of the house or something. But it's just easier to do in a penthouse. So many, so many romance here have done that, including Zoe Blake. Oh, yeah. And um, who else did that? I mean, a lot of people did that. But um, I think it's The Player by... Presley Cole? Presley Cole, yeah. I think I think it's the player. I'm pretty sure it is. Because uh, he, that's the one where he orders um, an escort and she goes, she's not, she's not like supposed to be his escort, but she somehow ends up for romance reasons being his escort. And so she, she goes and like they have sex and then she's like, I'm never doing this again because it was just so good that she's like scared. And he becomes obsessed, then he tricks her back into his penthouse and locks her in. And doesn't Cal do that in Descent? Yes. Oh, Cal does a lot in Descent. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, what did you think of the dick tattoo? Yes, we have to talk about the dick tattoo. How did we not mention the dick tattoo so far? I thought it was shocking it definitely did the the job of i think like being like holy shit but the the whole reason he got the tattoo was honestly a very sweet reason like i've never i never thought i would say dick tattoo was a sweet thing to do (laughs) if my chewing bothers you tell me and i will stop but no you brought me fresh french fries from mcdonald's oh that's nice and that's like my my weakness 
I prefer Chick-fil-A fries if we were going to go with the fry route. I don't buy from Chick-fil-A. Okay. I don't buy from most places, but if I'm going to have a French fry, sorry. This is not... I like checkers is my, my, my favorite fry. I've never had checkers. But I have problems with a lot of the business practices. Oh, yeah. Chick-fil-A is a piece of shit. At Chick-fil-A. Uh-huh. And so I just <laughs> refuse to support them. A hundred percent. It is sad because I, I used to love their nuggets and waffle fries. You'll say the waffle fries. Good. I ate myself silly. There was one in a, in the mall when I was where I was growing up. Mm. And back then, you know, teenagers went to the mall to hold hands with the boys that they weren't supposed to be with. Yes. Oh, what wonderful great times we had walking in a circle. <laughs> I have a funny story for you about a mall. Oh, go for it. Should I do this? We're never going to finish talking about this fucking book. <laughs> this is one of They the- have missed listening to us, so it'll be okay. Yeah, I think it'll be okay. It's just Tori and I haven't recorded together in a while. So we're- we've got a lot of catching up to do. But yes, I was also a mall rat. And can I tell you, I, I was also a, a goth kid, right? Like I was in the U of black, U of full pants. You were double duty. Yeah. I was in like the fishnut shirts and I had the platform boots and I was, I was too cool for school. Okay. And um, I did a lot of my shopping at Hot Topic, which is like the staple of the mall in my humble opinion. Oh, yes. So my friends and I were there and... There was a, and okay, thinking back now, young Nat was too fucking stupid. Um, <laughs> because, are we surprised? I, I don't remember how old I was, like 15, maybe, you know? And we were in Hot Topic, and this definitely, like, much, much older guy came up to me. And he told me he was a vampire, and he, like, was really attracted to my blood. I swear to God, I'm not making something. I swear to you, I'm not making this up. Oh, my God. <laughs> and he was dressed in, like, the whole getup. He had, like, a black trench coat, and he had long hair, and he was pale, and he had, like, eye makeup on. And I don't even know if he was attractive, to be honest with you, but, like, to a 15-year-old Nat, <laughs> he was, like, <laughs> he was, like, the crow. You know, know that movie, The Crow? Yes. That was a good movie. Yeah. So I let him bite me on topic. Oh my God. He didn't draw blood. I swear. Nothing like that. But I was like, dude, you're probably like now, like again, a much older me thinking back. (laughs) I'm like, why didn't any of my friends stop me? I then, I swear to God, I was watching TLC much later on in my life. And they had like an episode on vamp, like, people who thought they were vampires mm-hmm. and he was on it <laughs> yes i called my best friend i was like laura you, you have to turn on tlc the guy that beat me in the middle of topic is on tlc talking about how he's a vampire oh my god i have to find that episode from somewhere like tlc um backgrounds anyway love it Love it, love oh it. Oh my god. How how the tattoo was sweet, the dick tattoos. How do we get to this? Waffle fries. I don't know. Your fault. See, this is your fault. <laughs> <laughs> I will take the blame. Go ahead. But if I take the blame, I get the credit. 
Yes. Yes. But what did I think of the dick tattoo? I thought it was a sweet gesture because it it told her that his dick was only for her. And it was then that I noticed the dark black cursive script etched on the pale on the pink skin. The outline of the letters, an angry red color that bordered a new tattoo. What? I murmured, leaning forward so I could read it. Monroe. His cock was tattooed with my name. My gaze snapped up to his smug, perfect face. Pretty obvious you don't have anything to worry about, isn't it? And my only comment was, okay, that's new. Yeah, I don't think I've ever... I don't remember a scene ever like that. I've no, seen I lots of pierced peens, mm-hmm. but I haven't seen a whole lot of the tattooed ones and never a personalized one. No. Again, everybody go look up that... Not safe for work, okay? Go look up that um, dr- Puff the Mag- Magic Dragon penis tattoo. That was incredible. That was insane. But my thoughts are like, that would definitely hurt. And then my other thought was like, he has to abstain from sex now, right? For like a certain amount of time because. Probably at least six weeks. I would think. I think it even mentioned it in the book because like she gave him a blowjob. It was like her first blowjob, which I love that she was just like incredible at her first blowjob ever with this ginormous penis because that's very romance reasons and never would happen in real life but that's okay that's what we're here for Thanks. that's what I, I i want that one too he's like relax your throat baby i took a deep breath and tried to relax as he pushed deeper his cock sliding smoothly down girls if a guy tells you to relax your throat find a freaking cucumber and tell him to do it first because it ain't all that easy as as the guys make it sound So, yeah, you know, I have little kids, right? Huh? My my daughter was playing doctor with my with Mr. Savage, and she made him stick out her tongue, and she looked like a like a giant popsicle stick down his throat. It's like it's like now. You see? <laughs> it's called payback. Um, <laughs> it's just funny. But yeah, no, I'm like, that's very unrealistic. But again, this is romance reasons. And um, well, here is gonna... a piece of advice from my my past self when I was not as old and wise as I am now. Mm-hmm. If you want to learn to deep throat, uh, lay on your back and hang your head off of the edge of the bed so that you're upside down. Mm-hmm. And that works much easier. Huh. The way that the muscles do everything land, you're less likely to choke. You're also, did you ever do the pinching trick? I don't think so. Okay. If you pinch um, your, like, between your thumb and your forefinger... Mm-hmm. And like you hold it down, there's like a pressure point there. If you hold that down, it stops your gag reflex while you hold that down. That pressure point also relieves headaches. 
Yeah. Well, <laughs> I didn't know the other. I didn't know the other reason. They don't. Yeah. The doctors it, don't tell you that. No. No, they don't. It's. And again, it's a very like short term kind of thing. Like it's only for a little while, and then it like comes back. Obviously, but we're just full of tips and tricks this episode. I have such a horrible gag reflex. Same. I had my tonsils taken out when I was maybe 20, 19 or 20. Mm-hmm. It was during that that time period where I was married, that short window of time. Um, but up until the, they took the tonsils out, I had strep constantly. Oh. And to test for strep, you know, they take the, the swab into the back of the throat and just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's become a lot more commonplace since COVID. And you get things shoved up your nose. Yeah. But my doctor learned to stand to the side of me when they were giving me, when they were sticking it down my throat because <laughs> they knew that I was going to throw up. And it wasn't just going to be a little bit. It was going to be a projectile vomit. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. My doctors, my nurses hated giving me strep tests. Oh, sorry. I'm not quite that bad, but I definitely gag and like, I need a minute, <laughs> you know? Um, although my dentist told me the other day, remember that I had a no gag reflex at all. So I, I guess it depends on what you're never, no, I'm not even going to finish that. I'm not going to finish that <laughs> sentence. <laughs> it is so good to be back recording guys. It really is. <laughs> I have I have missed you. I missed you, Dory. Yeah, I missed you too. And at the same time, I I'm very thankful to all of my friends and peoples who came on and helped me while you needed your recoup time. But I am definitely glad to have you back because it's fun to talk to you. Our guest hosts were great. I've listened to all of the episodes and I I enjoyed them. They were top notch and hopefully we can have them back some other time when i'm available to talk to them yeah absolutely i think it'll be fun to try and have like a a three-way conversation so, oh my <laughs> well Ooh. remember as long as um it's a lady apparently mr savage is okay with it that's right <laughs> we just li- recently wait i've talked to you about that on this i don't remember i talked to you about it at some point we may- maybe on the patreon episode i talked to you about that i think that was it anyway Back to the book. We're going to finish this fucking book because it was fantastic. Well, the next thing that happens is he has her landlord evict her. Yes. How bananas. He's like, you need to evict her and you need to evict her effective immediately by tonight. She Mm -hmm. has to have her stuff out. Yep. And this man, my note was like, he forget hockey he needs to be in movies he's got like oscar winning acting skills because when she calls him to tell him what happened he is just so concerned and like because we're in her pov at that point mm-hmm. and she's like she can tell that he's just gotten like this insane like sadness for her and he's just outraged about how it ha- you know why would that happen blah 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 i'm like Jesus, like this man's got some acting skills. He got got rid of her job too with the lecherous doctor. Yes. Yes. The creepy doctor. And 
remember much, much later on, because we never go in order here on trigger warning moments, when she finds out that he's the one who did these, like when he she gets those cryptic message um, video messages. Mm hmm. He also called her catering job and told that lady to never give her a job again. That's right. So he had cut her off from money and home. So she is solely dependent on him and only him. She He's letting her go to school, which is thankful, I guess, thank. But I think, again, not that he's he's not, I'm not trying to defend him here, but I think he's doing it because he wants her to focus on school and and not work so hard because she doesn't need to like he's obviously going to be taking care of her and he's trying to better her life uh he says later on when she finds out about it um like because she she was like i'll do anything for you because like he's like you won't give me my freedom and he says you don't want that kind of freedom he's like you were miserable before i met you like you were just living literally penny to penny not even paycheck to paycheck and i've made your life so much better and you've made my life so much better just fucking go with it girl i did not expect him to drug her i didn't expect that either um because she has just gotten all the videos Mm -hmm. showing these interactions with people that have systematically destroyed her life and she's trying to get away. She's tr- actively trying to make it to the um, to the elevator. And she says, his breath danced over the back of my neck. You really think after going to all this effort to make you mine that I wouldn't be monitoring your phone too? Yeah. I screamed, but there was no one to hear me. A second later, I felt a prick in my neck and the world went dark. Yeah. I wasn't expecting that either. That was like, what the? Wait, where did that come from? Which Zoe Blake is this? I know. I was like, this is Anna Zare's book. (laughs) What are we doing here? I like it. Um, No, because up until that point, like up until the point of where he says like, hey, you didn't expect me to monitor your phone, girl? Like. It was still very rom com It was definitely a dark romance by all means, but it was still very like rom com and contemporary and light and fluffy. Um, and then you as, get smacked in the face with a two by four. Yeah. And then he chains her to the bed. <laughs> and he has the doctor put in a birth control implant yes. that also has a tracker in it. Well, it's not birth control. It's just a tracker. Oh, what? Okay, I missed she that. She thinks, yeah, she thinks that it's birth control, but it was just a tracker. We didn't get a lot of this, like, I'm going to put your ba- my baby in you in, in this book, but I'm, I think that's, you know, par for the course of where they were going. And, I mean, we also, we skipped over the whole pint of, like, point, like, she he had terrible parents and, um, Oh, yeah, his dad was awful. The whole backstory about, like, how his brother took care of him and um, his brother died because he tried to save him from, like, he fell into, like, an ice hole on a lake somewhere when he was skating and his brother saved him but then drowned. And his poor thing was, like, he was, he's been living with this guilt this his entire life. Um, 
So we kind of skipped over that because we like the sexy bits. So, <laughs> but that is definitely something needs to be noted. One of the sweet things. He says, fuck love, Monroe. Love is nothing. You can feel love for anyone. What I feel for you is pain. Yeah. Knowing that a part of my fucking soul is living outside of my body. And now that I've found it, I'll die if I ever lose it. That's what we have. Love is a shadowed imitation for people unlucky enough to never find their soulmates. What we have is everything. And I was a puddle on the floor. Yeah. This book is really well written. Very well written. I really, really like the way it was written. I like the style. Um, and yeah, I, I really liked it. And then, uh, and then it's time to kind of win her back, right? Because he's locked her in his house. And he doesn't have sex with her, but he does eat her out every morning, which I approve. Good job. Um, Did it she? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then he like, he's t trying to break her down slowly and slowly and slowly. And like, event she does feel her resolve kind of melting a little bit. Um I love that he rigged the TV to stay on when he goes to play hockey because she turned it off. <laughs> well, I I liked how she compared him to the villains in her book or the heroes in her books. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I've always been a sucker for the irredeemable sinners. And now it appeared that I, I have one of my own. <laughs> yeah. They're not so great, apparently. Yes. Um... But I, I really don't have a lot of complaints about this book. It, you know, his dad got what's coming to him. Yes. I thought, I thought him was just great. The way that that Lincoln took care of his father was just perfect. Agreed. Agreed. Also, the sex scenes were really, really hot in this book. They like, were. We have to say it was really spicy. One of my favorites was, um, when they were having sex and. He said something like, you're mine to her, which was, of course, hot. And she was like, I'm not yours. And then he, he like, tied her to the bed and, like, made her say that she was his um, mm -hmm. with orgasms, which approved. I really enjoyed that sex scene. That was probably one of my favorite ones. But, yeah, um, obviously, they get together at the end. <laughs> well, uh my note is, so that's a red flag. I think he would kill us both if I ever tried to leave. And that thought brought a sadistic, sick comfort to me. I would gladly take everything this man would ever give me. That's not a good thing. No, but neither is stalking and... this. Okay, yeah, yeah, no, Neither no. is getting you fired. Neither is getting you evicted. Neither is non-conning and chaining you to a bed and drugging you. Where do you draw the line of murder? <laughs> I don't know. It depends on if it's deserved. <laughs> oh. 
but yeah, they, um, he gets her back of course, and it's fucked up and, but it's dark romance. So what are you going to expect? And then, uh, my favorite ending is that like, we get a little set up to the next book because he gets a text message from Ari and he's like, meet me at the bar. And it was like 2am or something. Um, and he shows up and Ari's just drunk off his ass sitting there and he tells him that he asked to be traded to LA mm-hmm. and that's where it ends and I can't wait till the next book I know I want to know what happens with Ari and this poor girl from LA <laughs> she is not gonna know what hit her no no but yeah, I think I liked this book because the hockey part was very minor. Yeah. Like both you and I definitely skipped a bunch of the hockey nonsense. Well, I wouldn't have understood it if I read it. So I figured there was just no point. I read, I mean, I, I did read it the first time I read the book. I did read it. Um, and it was okay. You know, I skimmed it, but I yeah. didn't put a lot of effort into trying to figure out what they're doing yeah i i liked the parts where she was at the game and he would like you know throw kisses and hearts at her and she you know through the barricade or whatever it's called yeah and he did a little heart symbol every time he yeah he scored like that was cute and also like the like all that stuff but like i didn't care about the stanley cup i didn't care about any of that i'm a horrible soviet i don't care about hockey i don't care about any of it my ex-husband was a big sports fan. For our honeymoon, I let him talk me into doing the Football Hall of Fame at Lambeau Field. Or maybe that was just the um, the Hall of Fame for the Packers. I'm not sure. But he was from Wisconsin, and he was a diehard cheesehead. Oh. And so... He and I and his mom and dad and his sister and two cousins and his grandparents all went to Lambeau Field for my honeymoon. It was great. That seems like a horrible honeymoon. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Completely. I think, I think that's a red flag. Any honeymoon your in-laws go on is not a honeymoon. We, um... We had to do two services because his family could not come down from Wisconsin. So we did my disastrous wedding here. And then Mm. we had a reception up there. Okay. And then it was just kind of like a group tag along for the rest of it. It was not my idea of a good time. And when they tried to take my picture with a cheese head, I threw it at them. Yeah. Because I was cranky. Because that was not what I wanted for my honeymoon. No. Honeymoon used to be like... I mean, look. Mrs. Savage and I went on a cruise to Nova Scotia. Ooh. But that was fun. Um, it was just him and I and this cruise ship. And uh, we, you know that we love cruises. And we were definitely the youngest people on that cruise ship. Because it was going to Nova Scotia in October. <laughs> so by far we were the youngest people on that cruise ship but like it was just us two and we like had a good time ate a bunch of food drank a bunch of booze sat in a hot tub you know 
What else could you ask for? Andrea loves cruises. I, I don't, have I mentioned, Andre, have I told you who Andrea is? Maybe me, but I don't know if the podcast. Okay. Is. Andrea was Mr. Klein's girlfriend when I got together. Yeah. With the two of them. We, 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 we had a, a three-way relationship. We were, we were a throuple um, for a while and she became a very dear friend, but she was a diehard um, Steelers fan. Mm. And so there was always the risk of Mondays and Tuesdays because you didn't know what to expect because it depended on the football scores from the day before. And it, she would try to talk and explain it to me. And I'm just, it just doesn't compute. Mm-hmm. I mean, even, even as the high school mascot, I didn't, I only cheered when everybody else did. I didn't know why. But they were clapping, so so did I. It seemed appropriate. Yeah. No, I like I said, I'm with you. I don't care about sports. Mr. Savage likes baseball and football, but he's not. And he likes um, wrestling, which I will re- watch wrestling with him, like professional WWE kind of wrestling. But mm-hmm. that's mainly because the guys are hot. So <laughs> I'm for it. <laughs> I always like the theatrical nature yeah. of the WWE. Yeah, I'll watch that. Just like I mean, I'm not watching that on purpose. You know, like I'm not sitting down to watch it. But if if he has it on, I don't mind hanging out and like reading a book while he mm-hmm. watches it because I can look up and see Roman Reigns or Randy Orton and, and their little tidy whities and I'm like, mm, all right. <laughs> um. So, yeah. I don't remember where I was going with that conversation. Me either. Okay. Um, anyway, you have any... We were coming up on two gears. I know. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's insanity. Yeah. Oh, before I forget, guys, the Authors After Midnight... Their tickets are really going fast. So if yeah. you are around the South, the Fort Mills area in South Carolina or mm-hmm. in, in or, or around Charlotte, North Carolina, mm-hmm. you can come see Nat and I on October the 7th. Um, we will be there all day. Um, we are the only podcast that will be there. Yeah. And we are very excited for it. So please, please, please come out and give us someone to talk to. There's nothing worse than standing at a booth alone <laughs> alone, and hearing crickets. <laughs> yeah. But there's also going to be so many amazing authors that you guys There's love. like 60 or so, isn't there? Yeah. And guess who's going? Drethy Annis. Drethy Annis just joined. Did She's she? coming in. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Um. And, you know, we have to mention Zoe Blake, Golden Angel, um, Addison Kane, Lexi C. Foss. There's just going to be like so many. So I'm not going to go through all of them. But there's there are so, so many. Yeah. And the tickets are only like five bucks or something. Like They're really cheap. So if you're in that area, come on down and say hello to us. There's going to be a meetup the Friday before um, at some bar. Go on the website and find out. Authorsaftermidnight.com. But yeah, come visit us and we're, we'd love to see you. We are going to be meeting each other for the first time. So that's going to be fun. Yes. 
it, it is this is the fun experiment where you see if you're if you're ha ha cohabitable or not because we're meeting for the first time and sharing a room this at the same time so it, it'll be something it's gonna be fun <laughs> yeah and i think my, so uh, i'm bringing wine coming yeah zoe said there's lots of drinking so i'm down i'm down <laughs> i am down for that yeah i'm just nervous with all the flights like being canceled and delayed i hope that nobody gets canceled or delayed i wouldn't mind being canceled or delayed on the way back but i don't want to be canceled on the way there. yeah i it's been a long time since i've flown i've I, when did i fly I think not that long. I flew in March. Well, I had a good friend who was, who went, she flew to Chicago and I was picking her up on the airport on her return trip. Mm -hmm. And she's like, oh yeah, it's a small airport. And I come from very humble beginnings from my Bible Belt Southern self. And our airport had a grand total of six options for your gate. Oh. So she says small airport. So I'm thinking six gates. Mm-hmm. And then I pull up to the airport to pick her up and I'm driving. And I'm driving. <laughs> and I'm driving. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, I'll park here because here's the gates. And then I got yelled at by a man because that was the handicap parking. So I drove around and around and it turns out that the airport here is not so small <laughs> i mean when you're comparing it to o'hare sure yeah anything is small but turns out we have very different views on what is and is not a small airport yeah when i flew to fiji back in my college days that was a small airport that was like the kind of airport that they didn't have they had like those little stair things that like mm -hmm. drove up to the plane it was crazy yep i was like and you would like just walk across the asphalt <laughs> it's like oh my goodness again i'm i come from you know jfk which is like one of the biggest airports yeah. in the world so i was like this is weird <laughs> i've been through jfk a time or two yeah when i was going when i was traveling to europe I'm flying out of Newark, which is also not a small airport, but um, I prefer it to JFK because it's easier to get to for me. So anyway, I'm sure this is riv riveting information for everybody's listening. <laughs> <laughs> Us talking about airplanes. But do you have any palate? Do you have any palate cleansers for me? I do. I do. Let me find it. Um, I have been reading a lot of the Omegaverse, the, the, not the dark, heavy stuff, but the, the light, fluffy. And I have started the beta mm -hmm. by, and let me find out, um, Avan Michaels, Avan mm. Michaels, I'm not sure. Um, but it's, there are three parts to it, to the story, and it has been so very good. So very good. Um, she, 
for all intents and purposes, she's a beta and she 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 grows up as a beta. Mm-hmm. Um and over time that her beta sw- turns into an omega, which I know is a shock to everyone. But it's my favorite, so <laughs> but that's one of my favorite tropes. Yeah, me too. Um but it was just it's it's very well done. Um it is a reverse harem, but I would recommend it to anybody who I I didn't want to read it at first because I was like, I I don't I don't want to read about a beta. Yeah. Um but I didn't have anything else to do because I've been stuck in bed for weeks on end. Um and I started it and I couldn't put it down. So you guys should check that out. Sounds like a plan. Um, last week I told you about White Knights um, by Anna Zares and Charmaine Poles, and I hadn't started it yet. So I was like, I just know this is going to be a good book because it's an Anna Zares book. And yes, it is, guys. <laughs> it's exactly what you want from an Anna Zares book. Um, it's about a billionaire who, a Russian mob, mob billionaire who imprints immediately on a nurse who is taking care of his bodyguard who got shot. And he's like super jealous that she's touching his bodyguard <laughs> instead of him. And um, he sweeps her off her feet and then ends up kidnapping her to Russia. So. Oh, well. Yes. Uh, I'm about halfway through. It's very good. Um, and you should all read it. What the other book I'm just gonna mention is Grim and Barrett by Juliet Cross. That just oh. recently came out on Audible, and that is part of the Stay a Spell series. That is, um, remember we read you and I read Wolf Gone Wild, Corey. Uh-huh. That is part of that series. I am. I I need to get my hands on Jules' book for that one. Jules' book is out. It's been out. Oh, has um, it? Because I, th- I figured she would be the last one. No, she was actually the book before this. Okay, cool. I will. I'll check that out. Yeah, that. I'll tell you what that book is. Hang on. That is called Resting Witch Face. The uh, Jules and um, Jules and Reuben. Reuben's. Yeah. Um, that's a good book. None of these are dark, by the way. So, don't. But they're hot and they're like dirty talk is incredible. And the 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 males are super alpha and jealous possessive and touch her and die. And they are all incredibly entertaining. Yeah. They've got a Juliet Cross has a really good sense of humor. Yeah, they're funny and the, um I listen to them on audio because I I like to listen to non-dark romance on audio. Mm-hmm. And um, the audio is incredible. The, the both the nar- narrators are really, really good. It's the same narrators, na- the same narrators for the whole series, and they do the really great voices. Um, so you're gonna you're gonna like it. And it made me blush as I'm driving. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, ah, how could I miss, guys? The the guy has a, a pierced dick in this one, Grim and Barrett. So. <laughs> Talking about dick tattoos, dick piercings. This one has a piercing. That's my um. That's my palate cleansers. I got two lovely books. What are we reading next week? Um, 
Oh, we haven't talked about that. Um, are we going to go ahead with the um, Cruel Idols or do we want to do something else? I don't, either one's fine. I mean, I I read Cruel, Cruel Idols already, so we can do that. Because I've read it, but it's been a very long time ago. Well, do you want to reread it? So we can reread it. Okay. Why are you not? That's a menage, by the way, guys. Yes. And it is dark. It is dark. Yeah, no, it's dark. It's dark. Lots of primal. Lots um, of primal. Lots of power exchange. Yeah, definitely. Lots of cranky male leads. Yeah, I wouldn't even say it's grumpy sunshine because she's grumpy too. Yeah, they're, they're all pretty grumpy. Everybody's grumpy. <laughs> and that just makes it great for when they're all trapped together. I love yeah. it. And it's, uh, I liked that it was an MFM, like they're all involved. Because I told you, that's what I like in it. If if you're going to give me multiple wee-wees, the wee-wees need to cross. Like the, the swords need to cross. And the swords cross here for yes. sure. Um, it's almost like a reverse misery where the author is the one because it's about um, a fan who wants to get an autograph from her favorite author and there's a misunderstanding and he ends up more or less keeping her hostage in his house until he finishes the book. So misery backwards. With his good friend and submissive. Yeah, and then they both do dirty things to her. So it's great. <laughs> she has a great time. Yes, she has a but great it time. But it is also full of mindfuckery. Mm-hmm. Which is what I loved about it. But yeah, it's a great book, guys. Y'all are going to love it. All right. So that well, is Cruel Idols by Sorcha Black. Yeah. Um. And please don't forget to rate and review on whatever podcast app you listen on. It really helps us out, get in front of other listeners. And we are always battling the algorithm. If you'd like to subscribe to our Patreon, please check out our Patreon. Um, we have a bunch of different tiers. And what else? Please come visit us um, if you can and see us at Authors After Midnight. And you're always welcome to give us... Uh, a follow on any of our socials we're at tic- at trigger warning romance on tiktok instagram join the facebook group and also you just message us with any books you want us to cover we're always looking for books you can also get us at our website triggerwarningromance.com we have a contact page and those emails come directly to our email so you are more than welcome to, to reach out that way i know several of you have already yeah but we're not we scary you. we're very approachable We love hearing from you. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. See you next week. Take care. Bye.